Everything you know about health is about to change. Welcome to Straight Talk on Health with Dr. Vincent Medici. Sometimes people suffer, not from lack of faith, but from lack of knowledge. This is the show that changes that. If you are tired of being sick, tired of not getting answers, tired of spinning in circles, for healing is not a mystery. It is a miracle that you were designed to experience. It takes hard work and real knowledge. It takes patience and time. It takes the education this show can provide. So get it straight today. Here's Dr. Medici. Good morning and a very good morning it is. Just at the tip of a very rainy day. Supposed to pour today. I think we get a break tomorrow. It's supposed to pour on Monday. Probably won't, but today I'd bet on it. I hope you're at the ocean. You know, you don't think a lot of people go to the ocean. And you're right, they don't. But they do, you know, when when the surf gets crazy. I was out in the water, I told you about a week ago or so, and the surf was insane. And there was one guy that was really out there, and then there was me up to my knees and thighs trying to make sure bad things didn't happen. But if you can get involved on any level when it's like this, it's a physical experience you want to have. It does something to you. And people know that. They were all there. The beach was actually crowded during the rain last week. Not that people went in, but that they just wanted to see the surf all up on the Orange County coast. Let me extend that to you. Let me extend to you the feeling of a physical experience when you integrate yourself into nature of the God experience. And with that, I'll introduce today's show. Today's show, entitled, If God Were a Biochemist, the way we read the way we treat cancer would be done very differently. If God were a biochemist, the way we understand cancer would be understood very, very differently. Now you got to understand this quandrum we have. There is nothing you can get hit with. Well, I'd say very few things in the genre of disease more intense than an aggressive cancer that you didn't know you had, that you just found out you had, and that you have a very low survival rate. I watch families go through this all the time. It's rough. And whether they do the medical model, the strict one, or the integrated oncology, or they go completely holistic, all up to them, if you argue that point, no matter how they do it, it's very intense. And you listen to the opinions of the people talking to you, and they're all talking to you, for the most part, chemically, whether it's nutritional remedies or chemotherapy or radiation. It's all about something we can understand if we're chemists. You know, herbs like drugs have all sorts of mechanisms that link to chemistry. And when, whether we understand them or not, it's chemistry. And that's as far as we go. Now, the question is, would God do that? 
The point is, I don't want you to be in fantasy land about how God would see it. Because I know how he'd see it. And I don't want you to sit there and nod your head and go, oh, yes, I'm a Christian and I believe in the Lord. And yes, I don't want you to do that because that's fantasy land. Why do I say that? Because when I watch good Christian people get hit with these serious diseases, all of their Christianity goes right out the window. I see this all the time. They choke in fear. And that's because their version of how God would see the chemistry of, say, cancer, they don't really have a rock-solid foundation Something to stick to their ribs. That's why I'm doing today's show. Because right now, all of, well, most of, lots of, the majority of your research money in how we're going to deal with cancer in the future is on the back of a word called immunogenetics. How to modulate or change or alter your immune system, whether it's cloning or whether it's some sort of drug, a PD-1 inhibitor, whatever it might be. There's a million angles on this because there's thousands of genes hooked into what we call cancer. So the word, the genetic approach, the molecular genetic approach, just dealing the other day with an oncologist an integrative oncologist, a good guy, a very bright man, who's not like your standard oncologist. Whatever you do, please don't do standard oncology. It's horrible. They're about as backwards as the medical profession was in the 50s when it was advertising for cigarettes. Remember? MDs in white suits with cigarettes in their mouth. Look back there and remember that those are the same brilliant guys you're listening to today when they tell you that what you need to do is this, that, and the other thing, the chemo, the radiation, et cetera, et cetera, which doesn't mean they're all wrong because they're not. A lot of times they're dead on correct, but you don't know that. And so one, my advice is don't see a standard oncologist. I don't work with standard oncologists. I work with oncological surgeons who will cut your body parts out because you need to have them cut when your, when your t tissues are diseased with tumors. That's right. If you can get away with it, hopefully it's not the brain. You can lose a testicle and still get away with it. You can lose an ovary. You can lose both ovaries and a uterus and get away with it. You can lose one kidney. You can lose parts of your lung. You can lose a chunk of your pancreas. So sometimes the standard oncological way in makes a lot of sense, but don't work with a standard guy because there's lots of other things they can do. My point being outside of standard overabundant amounts of chemo and radiation and surgery are genetic approaches. And genetic approaches mean all sorts of things under the dome of immunogenetics. 
get an oncologist that's in to an immunogenetic approach. They're out there. Just look. That's why you have the internet, right? But here's my point. If God were doing that, he would see immunogenetics very differently. And to cut to the chase, I recommend you read a book by a guy named Thomas Seyfried. S-E-Y-F-R-I-E-D or E-I-D. Cancer is a metabolic disease. His point, he's a molecular biologist out of Boston University. His point is that cancer is not a genetic disease. It's a metabolic disease. That means when you have bad news, you better get really, really, really good about changing the environment that the cancer is growing in. And of course, that opens us to another discussion. And that other discussion is... Should we address the genetic code when we sequence tumor tissue? Should we address putting time, energy, and money into drugs or compounds that will somehow interface with cancer's very sneaky, diabolical ability to fool the immune system by flipping its own genes to fool our genes. Should we do that? And if we do that, what will cancer do in response to it? And if God were a biochemist, he would come in at that interface before you do your PD-1 inhibitors, et cetera, et cetera. And he would say, listen, cancer was born out of a deranged nervous system. Cancer was born out of a soul, your soul, not feeling completely, abundantly joyful in its expression. And he would say, until you evolve that, you're in trouble. And if you don't understand what that means neurologically, a.k.a. a shift through the neurological system out of sympathetic dominance and into a parasympathetic balance with the sympathetic nervous system, until you really understand that, God would say, you're going to get all confused along the way, and you can put good money into immunogenetics. You can go pay good money for cancer vaccines, but at best, it's going to extend life because Cancer is a live organism. It is a thinking entity, and it will flip its genes in response to the best immunogenetics. And just because now we're starting to sequence tumors, as well as the human genome, in ways where we're amazed at ourselves and should be, God would say, just because we're doing that, that doesn't mean cancer's not going to outsmart us. I say... Dr. De Medici says, you're, paying, you're playing chess with Bobby Fischer. So you can put off Bobby Fischer, but eventually Bobby Fischer is going to beat you. And this is what happens with cancer. Now, I work with a lab called Tempest Labs. Look up Tempest Labs. Your integrative oncologists, of which I am not, work with Tempest Labs. Some of them have their own labs. This is a very cutting-edge thing to be into. We have labs in Germany that sequence. What does it mean? We want the nucleotide sequence of the tumor tissue 
So you got to go to the path lab. Your oncologist should organize this and send pieces of it to Tempest Lab or these labs in Europe, et cetera, et cetera. Have them sequence it so they can figure out how to use less chemo, the right chemo, no chemo, nutraceutical approaches included, vaccines, so on and so forth. There's whole myriad of solutions under the name of immunogenetics that are currently being done that do have side effects, but give you better outcomes. And that's the thing. When you're counseled to do them, you get better outcomes. So if you have a five-year, 15% survival rate, and you put a lot of time, energy, and money into immunogenetics, guess what? You're going to last longer. Now, nobody wants to ask how much longer, because in a sense, nobody knows. And we always take the best of the best of the best, and we plaster it up there as what you could be. And we find any other choice abusive to do. But nonetheless, statistically, the bottom line is you're extending your life a few years, two, three years. That's what you get. Now, I've done this a lot of times. Sent people with cancer and told them, see an integrated oncologist, not your regular dum-dum and have that doctor do what the doctor wants to do, which does include chemo, and then as soon as possible, if not beforehand, have your oncologist, who better be working with, say, a lab like Tempest Labs, sequence your tumor, the tumor tissue, and also look at congenital mutations like the BRCA to see if you've got those two. And then off that, they can better tailor the outcome, the types of chemo, What's the guy, Chang, in the built the Institute, the guy that owns the Lakers, the Chinese medical doctor, brilliant guy. He owns part of the Lakers. I think his name is Chang. I can't remember. He was on the cover of Forbes magazine quite a while ago, and he's basically saying, look, the way we work with cancer, and I am top-notch MD, I'm worth $12 billion dollars. I built an entire institute to make sure you get better treatment. The chemo cocktails are more contoured, meaning you get less and what you get is right dead on. So we don't have to play Russian roulette with your life because the side effects are almost as bad as the cancer. So he built this institute. But no matter what you do, no matter how you approach it, God, as a chemist, is saying, look, if you play this genetic game, use Tempest Lab, sequence tumors, get the edge on it, and now we have a liquid biopsy. It's called liquid biopsy, which is great stuff to get involved in because it may be that taking blood will allow you to determine just how your tumor cells are mutating in live time as the cancer does its thing, hopefully as it becomes eliminated or as it spreads. How is it getting smarter? Is it getting smarter? Yeah, we know it's getting smarter. Believe me, when you're dead, we look at the original specimen, take the metastatic specimens, sequence each and know that, wow, that cancer got really smart. Of course it did. That's why you can't beat it sometimes with your immune response. That's why you need different chemo, more chemo, different types of drugs, blah, blah. You got it. Good. So I'm saying to you, if God were a biochemist and an oncologist, he would be looking at it and going, no. 
That information is wonderful. It's amazing we can see Quint's tomb is in real time. It's amazing, but it still comes down to the magnetic field that the rogue cells are landing in. And that magnetic field is also a matter of flipping your genes the right way. Of making sure that you don't have more somatic mutations, whether it's in the cancer cell or all around your general cell physiology. And you have to understand what a mutation is. A mutation is very simple. It just means that there is a environment outside the primary core nucleoside sequence. If you're turning on a ROS gene, if you're turning on an MYC gene, if you're turning on an oncogene, you can turn off an oncogene. If you turn on an oncogene, you just turned it on. If you turned off a tumor suppressor gene, you just turned it off. The body can turn them on and turn them off and turn them on and turn, turn them off. And when the terrain is bad and the cancer is growing, it's turning everything in the wrong direction. If you understand, God says, terrain, you can flip them all on the right switch. And guess what? The tumor cells will never express. Immunogenetics will never succeed at that. It'll stave it off. But if the terrain works against the correct gene switches, that terrain works against it, you're going to have a very hard time with cure. So if God were a biochemist, he would applaud our deep, deep, deep understanding of genetics. And it's getting deeper and deeper. He might also say, I'm God. Look to the wormholes out there. Listen to the biophysicists and the astronomers and the quantum physicists. Talk about how to bend time and bend reality. Because in the end, God might say the reality is, is that the double helical DNA molecule is just a medium of light. It's just made of light, which we could say the whole body is, but there's something very special about the DNA molecule. And that is, it may be a crystal. If it's a crystal, that means if you bang it the right way, it takes off on its own. In other words, it shifts its resonances like a bell. If you bang a bell right, or if you hit a keynote on a musical instrument correctly, you have music. If you hit it wrong, you have insanity. God just might say, the way to look at genetics is to understand that the whole terrain, the extracellular space, conducts light in resonance to the frequencies in the DNA. And to make a long story short, God might say, I'll hand you a piece of grace since you're not God. And that is, get healthy. To which you would say, but I shop at Whole Foods. But I take a walk with my wife. But I've asked her to forgive me. And she's asked me to forgive her. And I read the Bible. And God would say, you know, you're, you're, you're working in the right direction. But you have no concept of health. To have a concept of health, you would have to go back through a wormhole to the Garden of Eden and look at what people ate and look at what they thought 
and assay the soil and drink the water and look up in the sky. And you have to assay people in the Garden of Eden according to every known variable of health. That's what God would say as a biochemist. And then he'd say, now go in there and take frequency readings of the DNA molecules of Adam and Eve. And what you'll find is something you can't even comprehend. In which case, God would say, move rapidly in that direction. And he would extend that message to the world. He would bring all the leading scientists of the world that get the grant money from the NIH, Sloan Kettering, Stanford, Harvard, the Mayo Clinic. He'd bring them all together and he'd say, now get on it. If you really want to understand genetics, epigenetics, he'd bring Watson and Crick to their knees and ask them to get it through their head. That quantum physics, biophysics, that really underneath genetics is physics, and underneath physics is God. The part of God that you can't comprehend if you use your analytic mind. So the academia that dictates to your integrative medical oncologist at the leading alternative healthcare oncological centers in the world, like Germany's Hallway, that in fact, God would say, they're on the right track, but they're missing. So God would say, if you're doing your whole foods thing and you're really happy because you take your supplements and you listen to the radio show and you buy your organic food at Whole Foods and you know, you're getting a little more exercise and you're doing all the reasonable things, God would say, you're on the right track. God would say to the academia at Harvard and Yale and Stanford, you're on the right track, but you better accelerate. Put a flame under your rear end, God might say. And understand that if you don't go more deeply into understanding that the neurological system is the closest material form to allowing Homo sapien an opportunity to assay frequency shifts, you have to work neurologically with someone. I hope if you've listened to my show by the weeks, you have an experience of this by now. If not, I'm going to spank you over the air. I hope I send a thunderbolt you know where. Because you better be having an experience of this in your being, shifting your neurological system. There's a physical feeling associated with that, and I don't want to get, you know, outside the Christian view here to talk about the Hindus, those occultist Hindus, and the Chinese of old times, and so on and so forth. But I got news for you. Back in the day, Vedic and Chinese medicine understood this in their daily practice. It hung on in Eastern culture much longer than Western culture. It was called prana. It was called chi. And if you listen, and here's the clincher, this should ice your cake. The clincher is, if you take all the people in all the world from the beginning of time that had tumors, stage three, stage four, grade one, grade three, aggressive tumors that will rip through you fast, 
and you get all the people since the beginning of time that cured themselves or were cured in concert with healers, doctors, shamans, integrative oncologists, you know what they'd all have in common? They figured out how to listen to their body and then they threw it up on the wall to see what would stick. That is so antithetical. That is so counterintuitive to the way the modern Western mind, especially the holistic community, thinks. Did you hear what I said? I said, especially the holistic community. I said, in the trenches, when you watch the holistic community and when you watch people that are into this kind of stuff course their way, they're just as analytical as any oncologist. We're not really with any type of real vigor and understanding, especially when it's all on the line, like when you're sick. Understanding that all these things you do are just an exercise to get yourself to feel benefit or not. Why? Because you're afraid. Because your big fat heads are in the way. Because you've bought into a holistic model that tells you they can measure whether or not things are moving in the right direction. And that is a crock. There's no way to measure good or bad for a long time, no matter what you do when you have disease. You better be attaching to those flickers, those flickers of light in your body. I slept a little better, but my tumor's still bigger. My bowels are a little better. My mood's a little better. I'm starting to understand this food is good and that food is bad. This supplement's good. This supplement's bad. Despite the fact that my tumor's twice as big. I've gained so much wisdom in the last year about my body, even though I've got many more tumors and they're a lot bigger, that I know I'm healing. Did you hear that? This show's recorded, straighttalk.cc. You won't get anything better, in America at least. Listen to it. 714-850-1007. 714-850-1007. I use oncologists. I recommend chemo. I recommend anything that works. Herbs, detoxifications, you name it, I recommend it. I'm not anti-anything. I'm anti-stupid choices with your health. See you next week. Okay. That's a wrap. Don't forget to get to Dr. Medici's website at drmedici.com to look at the pictures and review the show as often as you wish. See you next week.